Welcome to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I am your host, Tara Reinbolt, and it is my mission to help you take back control of your life, overcome burnout, and reclaim your happiness. Trust me, if I can do it, you can do it. I went from totally burned out human resources professional looking to find my purpose in life to finally kicking burnout to the curb and finding my God-led mission. If you're ready to start living your best life today, like right now, literally this second, then you've come to the right place. Consider me your own personal business and life coach. Now let's get this party started and dive into today's episode. Hello, everyone. I am so excited. Today, we have career and confidence coach Jordan Murray. Jordan is the creator of Boss Life in Progress and works with corporate millennials who want to build a career that they actually enjoy while thriving and not just surviving, my friends. As a career and confidence coach, she enjoys getting down into the weeds when it comes to career advancement and assisting people with things such as resumes, interview, prep, salary negotiations, and so much more. All the good things, career coach. After starting as a blogger and going through her own struggles in her career, she decided she wanted to start a community of like-minded individuals who were tired of the Monday scaries or the Sunday blues. I think we have literally all been there, and I talk about it all the time on this podcast, so I'm so (laughs) excited uh, to have you on, Jordan. And she wanted to venture out of that comfort and to demand more from their career. So whether you're looking for a role in your current industry or you're transitioning into a different industry, Jordan teaches that having passion, purpose, and a paycheck, true progress towards one career journey. So really with Jordan, you have it all. And throughout the process, you get the confidence. So I'm really excited to have you here, Jordan. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and to just share with uh, your listeners about just, you know, communicating and career advancement. So I'm definitely happy to be here. Awesome. So today we're going to talk about career advancement. We're going to talk about people pleasing in the workplace. So we're going to really cover it all. So I guess let's start out with Those that are listening that want to take their career to the next level, but they're really not sure the next step in order to do that, where should they start? So if you're trying to take your career to the next level or just even figure out the first step, because that's really the thing a lot of people want to do. So um, you want to shoot for the stars, but we have to take that first step. So the first thing you want to do is kind of get a feel for where you are right now. Because um, it's great to want to, you know, get the ball rolling and, and, and just go, go, go. If you don't take a moment to assess where you are right now, then you're not really going to understand or even see progress as you're going about it. So when I say kind of sit down and assess where you are right now. So what are you doing right now? What's your current role? What do you like in that role? What do you not like in that role? Because as you level up, you're going to start to see your non-negotiables. Like, I'd like this job, but my negotiables aren't where they should be. 
um, I like this job, but maybe it doesn't have the salary that I want and, and things of that nature. So when you're trying to level up, you're really trying to keep moving forward, whether that means like a stepping stone job or actually going full on dream job. Um, <laughs> the first step when it is to assess where you are right now. So your current likes and dislikes of the role that you're in right now, because like I was saying before, we kind of like to steamroll and move ourselves way too quickly because we're like, I need to go. I need to get the new job. But then sometimes you end up in that same hamster wheel of, well, I didn't like, so I didn't like, let's say the salary in my current job, but because you were so ready to just get like a $2,000 raise, you missed out on that 10K raise because you weren't being patient with yourself because you were trying to go so fast. Or if you say, okay, I like the company culture here and I want to stay with a company like that. Maybe you start looking into working at a startup. If you like really tight knit, very like community driven places versus like a mega corporation where you can kind of have that, but you're not going to have it to the extent of like a startup. I think a lot of people startups, you know, they're kind of risky. People don't want to really get into that, but yeah. I do think they're great places if you want that close-knit community, that creativeness, if you're looking for that. So you just have to understand what you're actually looking for instead of just, okay, I hate what I'm doing right now. Or I just like what I'm doing right now. Let me just hurry up and get out. So I want to dive into that because you okay. and I, when we first talked, we dove into this a little bit if I can remember correctly, which was what you alluded to, the hamster wheel of, I'm just going to go full steam ahead and in an effort to make more money, get further and advance in my career, I'm not going to slow down and assess what I like, what I dislike, what's working, what's not working, all of the above. And then they get on the hamster wheel. So can you explain for the listeners what you're referring to as the hamster wheel that you can get on if you do not take a moment for five minutes, my friends. <laughs> Maybe a little longer than that, but right. really it doesn't have to be that complicated. But for you to take a moment and actually assess, can you tell us like what could happen if you don't and you fail to do that? Yes. So first, the hamster wheel we all kind of have a sense of that, but basically the hamster wheel is constantly getting in a cycle of just getting jobs that you don't like, jobs that aren't building onto a career. They're kind of um, mismatched and they don't like, they don't make sense in your whole career story. So you don't want to be constantly on the wheel. You want to make sure that your career story or your career journey is flowing and keep moving right. forward versus, right, versus, just staying stagnant. And so if you, when you don't get off that wheel and what I mean by don't get off that wheel, exactly like you said, if you don't take, you can literally sit down and do this in a day. Now the process of a job search obviously is going to be longer, but you can sit down and do this first part, which is assessing what you want and making sure that these are the criteria that I'm going to stick to. And you'll actually stop yourself from applying to a lot of these jobs where there's like red flags popping up all over the place. And it's going to be not the not the progress that you want to see. So if you don't get off the hamster wheel, if you don't take that day, that week or whatever, how long it takes you to 
I like what you said before. You said kind of stop and and almost kind of look at the when I was thinking about it, it, like look at the numbers, what's working and what's not. If you've I've seen people I've applied over to 200 jobs and nobody's getting back to me. Then there's something amiss Aww. with your strategy. <laughs> because I and and people think that's normal. Like I've applied to over 200 jobs last week and I didn't get it. Well, that's too, way too many jobs because are you tweaking your resume? Are you analyzing the job description? Are you going in with your networking skills on LinkedIn to kind of try to maneuver around the 800 other applicants? Like there's different strategies for people. There's different strategies for introverts, extroverts. And once you get your strategy together, not just for that one job search, but also your career, you're going to start seeing like full steam ahead with a strategy is going to keep you off that hamster wheel. So essentially you're talking about so many people think that all they have to do is go to these different job sites like Indeed or whatever and just apply, apply, apply. And they do not have strategy. They do not assess what's working and what's not. And then essentially, you know, my specialty is burnout. And they almost kind of burn themselves out because – they're consistently getting jobs that they find themselves hating. And then they consistently thinking, okay, well, if I just get another job, it's going to make it all better. Yes. And they never take a moment like you talked about, which is the first step (laughs) is to assess what's working and what's not. And here's where you would come in Mm -hmm. and would help them figure out like what strategy is going to work because you shouldn't have to apply for 200 jobs in order to hear something back. And then not only that, when talking about burning ourselves out, you just hit on the introvert and the extrovert piece that something that would work for me as an extrovert might not work for somebody else that's an introvert. And again, it's going to create this going against the grain of how we're naturally wired. So can you talk a little Mm -hmm. bit more about what kind of strategies that you have used or, you know, are helpful for introverts versus extroverts and kind of go from there? Ooh, I love this question because I've really been like diving deep on my own education of like different personalities and like how to kind of play to the strengths. So when you talk about burnout for an introvert, so my strategy for an introvert, we're not going to hit the, like, we're not going to hit the ground running. Have you going out to networking events? Have you sit in things where you have to be, you know, front and center? Because that's not going to, you're forcing yourself to do something that you don't want to do. Yeah. And then it's not, it's not authentic. It's not genuine. And so when you're not feeling the progress or seeing the progress, you start to say, okay, well, it's not working for me. I'm forcing myself to go out and talk to these people I don't even want to talk to. And now your whole body language and your energy is just horrible. And and they see it too. And so you're like, so my strategy for an introvert would be more so let's really hone in. Mm -hmm. If we're going to talk about networking, let's do it behind the computer online. Let's go and do it instead of casting our net you know, wide, we're going to narrow it down and say, okay, networking really works for people. So I don't, I don't discourage people from networking, but I say for introverts, let's reach out to strategic people at a little bit at a time versus an extrovert. 
I, if I know that you're good and, and you're ready to go talk to the world, I'm like, let's do this. Let's get out into <laughs> yeah. the world, especially if you're trying to stay in the area that you in the area that you're working in now. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to either go remote and stay in the area or you want to stay in the area, um, let's get out to these local uh, networking events. Let's get out because people are going to hire you if they perceive that they know, like and trust you. Right. That's a concept in business that we use all the time when we're trying to reach out to our audiences. But I like to kind of revamp those concepts and use them in, you know, as a professional. So when people perceive that they know, like, and trust you, you're more likely to get interviews and job offers over someone that kind of just cold pitches randomly on the internet. (laughs) So you have to build that kind of factor. So extroverts, I'm going to encourage you as a strategy to really get out and do your networking offline, online as well, but offline. And then introverts, we're going to stay more online and we're going to make it targeted so that your social meter is not drained because you reached out to 55 people in one day. Right. That makes total sense. And then too, you had done something that is the difference between getting an interview and not. And I think that's where the confidence piece comes in. So can you tell me a little bit more about how do you gain confidence when you are putting yourself out there to get a job, get a promotion. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about like the getting a job piece, but then let's dive into getting that promotion because so often, especially women, and it's Women's History Month, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like we oftentimes as women feel like we are not going to be qualified for a position Mm -hmm. unless we feel you know, 95, 90% that this, we meet the qualifications in their entirety. Mm -hmm. And whereas men, they're like, oh, I meet like 40% of these. I'm just going to go ahead and apply. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, so I think a lot of times in the workforce, when it comes to going for that promotions, you just don't see as many women putting themselves out there in order to get their promotions, even though, of course, they want it, you know, right. but can exactly. we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So in terms of um, first, the confidence piece, um, confidence is a is like a muscle and it just has to be worked out. So unfortunately, I wish there was, but there is no magic pill that can just give us confidence. Secretly on the inside, I'm really an introvert. And so when I first went out and even went for promotions or started a business or whatever, I had to break out of my shell and figure out a way to make it work for me. And so while I love, while I don't like (laughs) getting on video and everything, I understand the benefits of it. So to tweak it for me, I do a lot of pre-recorded content because I know that I am more comfortable that way. So when it comes to being confident, I feel like a lot of people just assume it's busting down the door and being like, hey, it's me, I'm here. <laughs> when confidence is just really in yourself, knowing that, hey, I got this. I know what I know. And if I don't know, I'm going to go figure it out. And so building confidence is gaining knowledge and just practicing, putting yourself in situations that maybe are uncomfortable for a minute. Like I used to be very, very shy talking in front of groups of people. I used to be very like, oh my goodness, I'm nervous. Like I still get nervous, but once I get going, I'm good. 
And mm-hmm. so I've trained, almost kind of trained myself to be a little bit more confident. And that's what I kind of instill in clients and then people that are, you know, like on my social media and everything. It is a step-by-step process and you just don't gain confidence overnight. In terms of promotions and how some, you know, a lot of women feel like, oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I would suggest to you to not see, I don't want to say just go get ready because then a lot of us will procrastinate and perfectionism uh, (laughs) kicks in. But I would say practice what you want to do. So if there's a... If you're looking for a promotion at work, obviously you have to get in front of the right people. You have to be on the right projects. And so you need to figure out a way how you can do that and still be still be slightly out of your comfort zone, but not uncomfortable to the fact where you're having like a panic attack or anxiety, but like slightly yeah. <laughs> out of your comfort zone. So ask to get on, ask to get on different projects, speak to people, let people know, let people you trust know your intentions on moving up and you will find that it's going to be a lot easier, especially um, if rejection comes, it's going to be a lot easier for you to keep putting yourself out there. And you're going to find over time, you're going to be like, dang, I'm way more confident than I used to be. If you just keep going and keep putting yourself out there. I love what you said about, gosh, all of it, because I know that when I was in HR, I know that when someone would come to me and would want to talk about potentially moving up, they would find themselves, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And you really laid it out there of put yourself on the right projects, put yourself in front of the right people. But then not only that, if you just mentioned, if you just let people know your intentions, mm-hmm. people are going to be willing to help you out in every way that they can. Maybe it's helping you refine your skills or sit in on some of the projects they have or put in a good word for you or give you the confidence and the encouragement and the motivation that you need when you're going through the process. And really, it kind of does take a village. And it's really hard to just silo yourself into a corner if you want to move up within the company it's going to be helpful in every way, shape, or form, even for your mental health, to just let other people know so that they can support you. So that is really good advice. So I appreciate that you brought that piece (laughs) into it. So let's move into, now that we've kind of talked about the promotion piece, let's move into the people pleasing in the workplace. Very nice. Because, <laughs> you know, I know your, you know, one of your fortes, one of your areas of expertise is effective communication. Mm-hmm. So as we just talked about letting people know, right, that, hey, I want to move up. Right. And then we have people pleasing, right? Yes. <laughs> and within people pleasing, it's probably pretty easy to fall into that trap when you're going for that promotion of, Yes, 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 yes. I will do all of the above. (laughs) So (laughs) let's talk a little bit about about that, because I know that so many people that want to have that career advancement, they get into this process of just saying yes, 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 Mm -hmm. thinking that it's going to get them to that next level. So let's dive into that a little bit. Awesome. So people pleasing is 
it's crazy how how deep you can get into it because there's a difference between taking initiative and being someone that people go to for advice or for their expertise and then being a doormat. And so I, I hate to say it because sometimes people pleasing turns you into a doormat where people start putting off things on you. So you've become a people a people pleaser when people start pushing their stuff off on you and they start pushing yeah. more responsibility. It's not about just helping someone out. Like, you know, from time to time, it's, hey, I know you love doing spreadsheets and data, so I'm always going to give these to you. And you're like, wait, I helped you one time. What are you talking about? But you don't feel confident enough to say no. So you're like, okay, I guess I'll help. And so we've all had that happen to us. And again, even when you're trying to get a promotion, strategy is everything. So you want to say yes to things that get you that kind of that shine you're looking for in the eyes of the right people. And you want to say no to things that are not going to serve you. So when, and then when I say serve you, if it's going to level, so if it's not going to give you that shine, but it's going to give you skills that you need to work on, then by all means, yes. If it's going to overload you and turn into burnout, absolutely not. If if you have the bandwidth for it and you think it's going to level you up, yes. But when it comes to effective communication and people pleasing, it's a simple no. And we need to have the confidence in ourselves to say no. And sometimes I know people don't like it. Like, oh, they're like, oh, you should be able to say no without explaining yourself. If you're comfortable in explaining yourself, just be like, no, I don't have time to do this right now. I don't have um, the capacity to do this right now. I'm really busy. That's all that you really need to do. If that makes you feel comfortable and that makes you feel like you're not being super combative. Because, you know, as an introvert, I'm not I don't feel like having a whole argument with you. So I'm going to. No, I will try to help you out another way, but at this time, I don't have the capacity for it. Sweet, simple. And that's that's what effective communication and having that confidence to say no does for you. I love it because essentially you're making it work for you and mm-hmm. not everyone has the confidence or the muscle essentially <laughs> because it does, it takes practice, mm-hmm. I think. Especially if you've been prone to people pleasing in the past, it takes practice for you to get in the habit of saying no. But too, I love that you talked about the fact that saying yes to the right things and the fact that it all goes back to the strategy. Mm-hmm. And then again, it even goes back to the beginning of our conversation, which is assessing what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. Because if you never take the time to do that, you're going to be so damn busy that you're never going to be able to figure out, well, what are the right things to say yes to? And what are the wrong things to say? You know what I mean? What What's the difference? What should I say yes to? And what should I say no to? And it doesn't have to be, when you say no, it doesn't have to be like, no. Like You can do it in a way that makes you feel comfortable. So I love the fact that you pointed both of those out because... I mean, of course, in a perfect world, everybody would just love to say, no, end of story. You back up, you leave now. We're <laughs> done with this conversation. But it just doesn't work that way for right. us, especially for, you know, those of us, you've said yes seven to 10 times before. And then all of a sudden, you're just going to say no. That can be a little intimidating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, of course, it's it, it does take baby steps. So I do love the fact that 
we're talking about this. So let's talk about taking the time to assess the what we should say yes to and what we should say no to. What are what pointers do you have for making the yes versus making the no? So I'm an examples type girl. So I will give you an example. So let's say you are a social media manager, right? And your goal, your goal is to move up. Well, first of all, that is a very general goal. I need some more specifics. So let's say you're a social media manager and your goal is to make it to like public affairs. Like you want to be like the public affairs of the office um, of your corporation. And so saying, so when you sit down and make your strategy, what does the boss man or lady in public affairs, they handle, you know, they handle social media, but they handle press and they handle all that stuff. What kind of skills and experience did they have that you can start to mirror and start to look at to get for yourself? So if someone comes up to you and asks you, hey, we're working on this really big project. We're working on getting out our our name and our company to this news outlet. Can you help on this project? Absolutely. Because that is something that you want to do. Again, if you don't have an end destination in mind, it's really going to be hard to figure out what to say yes or no to. If someone comes to you and they're like, hey, um, can you can you um, redesign this logo for the fifth time? No, <laughs> because I've, I'm I'm not a logo designer. I'm your social media person, right? So it it's different. It's completely different. And people can come to you with like small stuff. And I'm all for helping people out. I'm not just saying say no to everything unless it benefits you. But there is a line that you have to draw in the sand where you're like, you know what? This is my this is my role. This is what I want to get to. And if it's too far out of the scope, especially if you're very busy and it's too far out of your scope um, of what you do, then you just got to be like, hey, maybe I can help you next time. I'm really busy right now. Um, I can, you know, I can point you to the direction of someone that might be able to help. That's right. going to be one of the greatest things you can kind of kind of get people off your back. <laughs> right. That can be a tool for mm-hmm. those that do not have the confidence or the muscle yet, the muscle memory, it'll come, but you know, I can, I can point you in the right direction or Mm -hmm. I can still help you in some other way by giving you the person that actually does logos (laughs) because I don't. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Now let's talk about, let's switch gears for a minute here and talk about effective communication in the workplace in an effort to move up in the company. How is mm-hmm. that important in order for you to get promoted? Mm-hmm. And then also for you to kind of not bulletproof yourself, but for you to really to assist you and so that you do not fall into the people pleasing traps. We've kind of talked about this, but let's talk about the effective communication piece. Okay. Um, in terms of effective communication and promotions, like we were saying before, you want to do two things. You want to state your intention and then you want to show your intention. If if no one knows who you are and then you suddenly pop out of the blue and you're like, hey, I want a promotion, then, you know, Jackson or, 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 or uh, Molly over here who's been raising their hand and doing everything and effectively communicating that they wanted this role. They're going to get it over you because people in the company have seen 
and heard of them versus you've been kind of meek and mild in the background. And yes, you might have the experience. Yes, you might have the the um, education, but so do Jackson and Molly over here. But they've been like, hey, how how you doing <laughs> all this right. time? And so when it comes to, and we say effective communication, and I don't want anybody to think it's like this super fancy, like complicated strategy that you need to have. You simply need to show your intent and say your intent. A lot of people are scared of opening up and letting people know what they want. That's you building relationships at work. And that's you finding the people, the mentors, the colleagues that are really going to, like you said before, support you in promoting up. And they're going to not only support you, they're going to be giving you tips and tricks and hints and and all this different type of stuff within the company so that when it does time for promotion, when it it's time for promotions to come up, you've done what you needed to do. You've expressed your interest. And people are saying, hey, Jordan, Jordan's been doing a lot on that project recently that, you know, is, is geared towards this promotion. Let's let's see what she's got going on. And so from there, you've communicated twice or yeah. multiple times in two different ways. Hey, this promotion is meant for me. And so I like to tell my clients that you have to show your intent and then say your intent. You know, I love that you bring this up because I remember I had an employee that wanted a promotion so bad. And I remember them getting so frustrated because they were passed over for a promotion several times. Mm. And it came down to exactly what you stated. You have Molly and Joe over here (laughs) that have been raising their hands for a long time. Mm -hmm. And... They have a strategy. They've gotten in front of people that they needed to. And maybe, and it's interesting too, because the whole notion of if I were just to be promoted by how hard I worked and what kind of, you know, and what, how amazing I do at my job, you know, you hear that so often. And the reality is even, you know, all of our leaders in in the company, or even if you're on your own, like they're not going to know if you're a good fit or not a lot of times Mm -hmm. because they're they're so busy in their own world so unless you like you said raise your hand and say hey pick me choose me (laughs) and here's why you're not going to be on their radar even if you have the skills and the qualifications and someone over here that may have you know less qualifications than you may get the job over you all because they've been putting themselves on the right projects. They've been putting themselves in front of the right people. So it all goes, like you said, back to that strategy piece. And you can't just work hard in order to get what you want. There's more to it than that. Mm -hmm. And to to piggyback just really quickly off what you said, uh, listeners listening, I want you to think about how many times you said, how the heck did they get the job? Right. You're you're at work and you're like, how the heck did they get the job? Like, you know that either you or someone else is like 10 times more qualified, but you're like, how did they get the job? It's because they put themselves in the right in in front of the right people. And they've been, you know, like, even if it's actually no, they've showed intent and they've showed, you know, and then you're like, but I have uh, I have A, B, C and D. Well, they they just showed up more. Absolutely. And I know you and I both know from our background in HR that one of the things that management looks for when they are promoting is 
that motivation to succeed, that motivation to put themselves out there, you know, because when you have someone that could be quote unquote moldable into what you want, maybe they don't have the experience per se, Mm -hmm. but they're a go-getter and they show promise because they've been able to work that strategy that you were talking about, Mm -hmm. then they may get it over someone that has been long-term, maybe has a little bit more qualifications, but we don't think they're as moldable. We don't think they're as much of a go-getter. Those personality attributes, they actually do matter. So the showing and the intent, that's a big portion. And I think people, they don't realize that. Yes. So I'm glad we're talking about that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it, I think it's interesting, like if you start looking at it, getting down on level and look how, you know, we've been told kind of, you know, like work hard and you'll move up and you, you want to work smarter, not harder. So you do want to work hard, but you don't want to obviously burn yourself out and you want to make sure that your actions are getting results. And that means going all the way back to the beginning, that's in your strategy and what you want your career to look like. And two, it's important, I think, that when you're thinking about moving up or Mm -hmm. when you want to move forward or just find a new job because you can't stand the one you, you have, Mm -hmm. you know, the best way in order to increase your salary or to get that promotion and upward mobility is to stop and assess and then B, get the help that you need because let's face it, not everybody has an HR background like you and Mm -hmm. I do. Not everybody has the knowledge or expertise that we have. So Mm -hmm. it's okay to go out there and get help because at the end of the day, it's going to help make you more money and you're going to be happier. And in addition, you're not going to be on this hamster wheel of, oh, I can't stand this job. I can't stand this job. I got to go get another one. And I know that for a lot of my corporate women, millennials included, this happens all the time. And this is how people end up burning themselves out essentially is from continuously putting themselves into situations that do not serve them. And it's it all goes back to taking the time to assess and get help if you need it. Like that's going to mm-hmm. make a difference in your long-term mental health in your pocketbook, for heaven's sakes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Right? I, All of the above. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad that we've been able to really bring this full <laughs> circle. <laughs> exactly. It all goes back to the same same stuff I've been saying over and over. Absolutely. I love it. So I think we've pretty much covered everything, don't you? Um, yes, I feel like it was. I feel like it's been a great conversation, and hopefully, your listeners are getting some gems from this. Yeah, I mean, we've covered people pleasing, effective mm-hmm. communication, and two. I want to talk a little bit about before we go. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the yes versus the no one more time because the people pleasing. I think one reason, and I want to. I know you love talking about this topic, so. I think people think if I say no, I'm going to fracture that relationship or I'm going to fracture my chances at a promotion or whatever it may be. So they get scared and then they do it anyway. And I want to talk about 
that for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's that scared tactic that keeps us in the doing 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 mode. Can we talk about yep. that and then we'll end? <laughs> no, no, I I fully agree with you. I've even I've had times where I've been like, ooh, if I don't say yes right now, I don't know what you know. Like I, I don't assume like they're gonna like fire me, but I'm like oh, I don't know if they're going to like be like, oh, she never wants to work. And you know, some people some people are very sensitive against no's. And they expect yeses because one, you've set the precedent, especially if you've already been saying yes over and over and over and over again. Right. So you set the precedent. And when you say no, they take it personally. I'm like, oh my gosh, right. like, what did I do to you? But in order to kind of, in order to say no without fracturing a relationship, I find that a little diplomacy is in order. And some people, some people take it as, oh, you're just, you know, like you're copping out. Just, just say no and be done. Sometimes that, that works for like a type A person who, again, their personality is like very go, go, go. And if you tell them no, you might get a little bit of pushback. But at the end of the day, if you're assertive and you're no and be like, and just like, no, that's not within my scope, they're going to be like, okay, cool. Other people, other t- other personality types might feel offended. And it's not that we want to offend. We want to kind of, unfortunately, play the office game. <laughs> we want to play the office game. Hopefully one day it'll be gone. But for right now, we're going to play it. I know. I wish <laughs> I could just like get, I wish there, we could abolish it forever. Yeah. <laughs> but I it's know, not. Yeah happening and it's not oh so anyway i will i'll let you continue <laughs> no no i i fully agree i i people are like oh we shouldn't have to play the game i'm like well it's here we gotta play it sorry right but uh <laughs> we're dealt the hand that we're dealt unfortunately yes. <laughs> unfortunately till it changes when it changes i'll let you know but um so saying no and then kind of skirting in diplomacy or like office politics whatever you want to call it is going to get you a lot further um, because under one, understanding the people that you work with, especially people that are in positions that you're trying to get into, by no means am I saying like be like kiss butt and like and like be that that doormat. But what I am saying is that when you do say no, and as you practice, you'll get a little bit better. So maybe the first time you say no, you kind of give a little explanation. No, um, um, I can't do that right now because of X Y Z. Until you get up that muscle of saying no and no is a very like strong word. It's very punchy. It's very no period. Like if, yeah. and if someone said no to me after I just asked them a quiet, like asked them to do something, I'd be kind of like, okay. Like it almost comes off as rude. So you adding a no comma, blah, 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 will actually help to kind of simmer down the waters and not, you know, to not to offend or offend more sensitive types of people. So once you start getting in that practice, you'll understand like, hey, you're type A. I can tell you, no, I don't have time for that right now. And that'd be the end of the conversation versus, hey, you're a little bit more sensitive. I might take this personal and then go back to the office and tell everybody I don't want to work. And so I'm going to give you a different answer. You know what? You walked right into what I wanted you to. So I'm oh, awesome. so happy. I'm so happy that you went there. You know, I think it's it's interesting because... What happens when you're in HR, unfortunate, unfortunately and fortunately, you hear all the chatter mm-hmm. from the top leaders of what they have to think totally unfiltered. Yep. And 
you said two things that I loved. A, you can use diplomacy. B, you can play the office politics still while saying no on both scenarios. And you can say no. And I love how you mentioned it's like punchy. It's like, no, boom, mic drop, basically. And it's interesting because there are a lot of leaders that they love to hear that no mic drop because they say, that woman over there is confident. She just told me no and walked away. Like, <laughs> you know, the guts on that person, yeah. you know, hats off to you. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that behind closed doors of that person has confidence. Like we mm-hmm. need to promote them immediately. <laughs> and it all came from having the courage and the confidence to say no or just to tell that leader exactly what you're thinking without any fluff, without any diplomacy. Mm-hmm. But there are those leaders that you do need to have that diplomacy with. And it all goes back to just how you said, it just depends on the leader. It depends on who you're working with. And it's imprudent in order to to move up where you want to, is to figure out what do I need to communicate and how do I need to communicate it with these people in order for me to look like the leader that I want to eventually become or to move up into, you know, an even higher leadership role. Exactly. And effective communication is not, is also understanding, just like you said, it's understanding how to talk to different people. Because if you have the same tone, the same inflection, the same, you know, exact um, uh, across the board, you are not going to get anywhere or you're, you might get somewhere, but it's going to be very slow. Effective Mm -hmm. communication is also understanding, Hey, this person might be a little bit more sensitive. This person is a little bit more aggressive. This person is a little bit more, you know, able to, to take a note. It just really just depends. So I love that you brought that up because that is part, a big part of effective communication. Well, too, I think you hit on some things prior of, A, we talked about just the fact that you have to communicate differently with different people, but B, you can still ease into it. You can still do it in an authentic way that makes sense for you so that you can show up as yourself. You can show Mm -hmm. up confidently because you're not pretending to be someone that you're not. So you can still do all of these things, but at the end of the day, it all takes assessment to figure out that strategy, to figure out how to communicate with the people that are going to help further your career. Yay, full circle. (laughs) I'm so excited. I love it. We hit on all the points. Yes. (laughs) So let's end on the amazing free gift that you have. Um, free resource, I should say, for our audience. I'm really excited to talk about this. So tell us a little bit about the Boss Vault. Yes. So um, the Boss Vault is basically a repository bank, if you will, of a lot of different trainings and templates and workshops that I've done that really, I think, kind of encompass all of what I'm trying to teach. So we've got a little bit of like resume, we got a little bit of confidence, we got a little bit of interview. So once you have access to the boss vault, you'll actually be able to go in there and look at all of the videos and all of the templates. And I'm constantly adding 
or kind of taking away and tweaking stuff and putting it back. Because as we know, the job market is crazy and it constantly changes and, and internally HR constantly changing. So I want to bring the information to everybody and make sure because information is, is just out there, right? It's on the internet. But so you'll get the information from the boss vault. And then once you have and have gathered all that information, then you would come to me for strategy and implementation. So it's just kind of, I want to give you everything that you need before you come to me so that you are ready and raring to go. I'm really happy that you mentioned the strategy piece too, again, because yes, like the, what you're providing is priceless really because you're giving them all of the most up-to-date information. And of course, like a starting point, where do you start? But it's much different to apply it. Yes. And in addition, as we talked about, not only are you, your everyone's situation is different. Every one of us has a different communication style. Every one of us has a different way that we're wired. And we all work with different individuals. So learning how to communicate with them and in addition, doing it in a way that feels authentic and good to us, like that mm-hmm. takes strategy. And that also takes, it reminds me, I was teaching a class uh, at church recently And we were going over the DISC assessment and someone was like, I think I'm in the wrong job. I'm super introverted and I'm in a sales position and I do this in a a way where I am. I'm like numbers data driven. I'm fact driven. And I'm like, no, you're not necessarily in the wrong job. What you're all you have to do is you have to build your relationships in the way that you feel comfortable which is, hey, I'm presenting to you all of the amazing facts of why you should buy our product versus why not to buy their product or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So it took me saying that for him to say, oh, yeah, you're right. That makes sense. I can use my personality to my advantage. Mm -hmm. But at first he thought it was a disadvantage. But it takes someone like you that can really dive in and say, no, 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 wait a minute. You have a really good thing here and we're going to mm-hmm. do it in a way that makes most sense for you so that you can be successful. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for them to have access to this, but also in the show notes, everyone, I have Jordan's information where you can find her, how you can work with her, all of the details. So please go there and you'll find the free resource, which sounds amazing. I'm excited mm-hmm. to get into myself and then be <laughs> Um, where you can work with her. So I'm excited. Thank you so much for your time today, Jordan. Problem. So I've been so happy. I've been talking about all the things I love to talk about. So I'm excited. <laughs> I'm very happy today. <laughs> hey, it's been it's been a really, a really good talk. I'm happy that we had you on today. And then any last words for the audience? I'll let you end us. Oh, okay. No pressure. No, um, I just want to say that if you are, if you're looking for a promotion or a new job or um, something in that nature, um, something in that wheelhouse, take that first step in, in taking a step back and figuring out where one, where you want to be, but also figuring out, like, assess yourself, assess where you are and then assess where you want to be. Because you made a great point. If you if you're in a job that you just completely just dislike, 
maybe take a step back and assess, okay, is there a way that I can make this better before I just completely say, I'm today, <laughs> take a step back, assess your current situation and then where you want to be. And that is a great starting point to have. I love it because ultimately that first step is going to, it's going to be the difference between you being successful and not. Yes. Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> I love it so much. So thank you, Jordan, for your time today. And then we'll have to have you back on because I think you and I could chat about a lot. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) All right. Thank you, everyone. And we'll be seeing you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I hope that you found value in today's episode. And I pray that you will make the commitment to take back control of your life And that God will give you the courage to move forward to live the life that you were meant to live. If this episode at all inspired you, please do me a huge favor and subscribe to the Burnout to Bless podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave me a review. By subscribing, you'll be the first to be notified when new episodes air. And by leaving a review, you'll help this podcast get noticed and hopefully change someone's life. If you're ready to take the next step to overcome burnout and live the life of your dreams, email me at coachinginfo at burnout, B-U-R-N-O-U-T, the number two, blessed.com. Again, that's coachinginfo at burnout, the number two, blessed.com to learn more about my customized coaching programs. Now remember... Rome was not built in a day. All you need to do is take it one step at a time, my friends. And I promise you, you will get to your destination. Until next time.